Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, September 11th, 529 a.m. Central Time. December corn futures up three quarters of a cent at 484 and a half. November soybeans up two and a quarter at 1365 and a quarter. Wheat market is lower. December SRW futures down four at 591 and three quarters. December Kansas City wheat down nine at 723. December spring wheat down six and a half at 764 and a quarter. Bet you got some rain on the radar this morning. Should change. Yeah, pace. we sure do. Um, early morning rains fell across parts of Iowa, Illinois, and Wisconsin. Another system moves over parts of Colorado, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. Aside from this morning's activity, the forecast is mostly dry. The seven-day forecast offers rain for parts of Oklahoma and Texas, but leaves the Mississippi River Valley mostly dry. More dry conditions are expected through the 10-day period and then again through the 6 to 10 and 8 to 14 day periods. The river level at Memphis is one foot from the record low that was recorded in October of last year. Um, if you guys are in some of those areas and you caught some rain overnight or into this morning, it doesn't look like much to me, but if you have some totals to report, drop them in the YouTube video. Uh, the river situation continues to be of concern. So according to the government maps, we are 9.8 feet below normal this morning, which is uh, about a foot away from the record low, which was 10.79 feet below normal October of last year. So this is absolutely restrictive when it comes to um, activity on the river. We know that barge rates are up, which is going to negatively impact basis levels. Um, it's going to make uh, U.S. corn and soybeans less competitive on the export market out of the Gulf. So this is all very much problematic. And yeah, we've got a little bit of rain on the radar this morning, but the forecasts moving forward don't look good um, in terms of the river situation. And honestly, as far as Crop potential goes, I mean, any rain at this point is probably too little, too late for corn. Maybe you could still make an argument for soybeans, depending on your location. But uh, more dry weather to come the way that it looks. Tomorrow is report day. USDA will release its monthly crop production and WASDE report. Ahead of the ahead of the report, traders expect expect reduced U.S. corn and soybean production estimates compared to last month. Some traders expect acreage adjustments following the August FSA data. In true fashion, be prepared for market volatility tomorrow morning. So the yield numbers and the U.S. production numbers should be the big ticket items here. That'll be the thing that most people look at first. You've got to look at the yield number. You've also got to look at the acreage numbers. Those FSA numbers from August, especially uh, in the case of corn, indicate that USDA could be a little bit light with its planted acreage number. Well, at the same time, I know a lot of you guys have told me, Joe, they're going to uh, there's going to be more abandonment this year, that sort of thing. Uh, more corn chopped for silage than normal. Okay, but uh, in either case, watch the harvested acreage number and the planted acreage number. Uh, you could see some changes there. Demand side of the balance sheet, uh, we talked about this last week, how USDA does have the room to move lower as it relates to corn and, and soybean exports, in particular on the new crop balance sheet. You're looking for lower carryout numbers. That soybean carryout that the trade is expecting, 207 million bushels. And remember, these are projections for 
what USDA expects to be left over on August 31st of next year. So these are just, you know, educated guesses at the very best. And, and um, really, they're probably not even educated. I mean, they're educated guesses, but it's it's really a shot in the dark. We just don't know. You don't you can't predict what's going to happen in the next 12 months. Um, the corn carryout number. Yeah, projected to go down a little bit, but two point one four billion is not a friendly number. Um, wheat carry out, no big changes expected there uh, at all. So that's tomorrow morning at 11, guys. So if you guys are not already subscribed to our premium content, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about a couple videos you put together last week? Lots of uh, what I would call hardcore grain marketing information out late last week. So on Friday, I talked about some target orders that I'm advising in the cash market as it relates to corn and soybeans ahead of the uh, report that specifically relates to 2024. And then Thursday last week, uh, Shea Folk from AgView Solutions was on with me. Uh, Shea's a younger farmer in Illinois. Talked about his grain marketing, and he's doing things um, much differently than I think um, a lot of you guys are, are doing it the way that he does it. I, I honestly think that if you're not listening at least and considering what this guy is saying about grain marketing, you're missing the boat. You've got to at least consider some of the ideas here. Really fantastic stuff from Shea. Um, guys, if you want to see the premium stuff, I'll send you over a copy of this morning's email if you sign up. The email has the six most recent premium videos along with all of our headlines, weather maps, charts, graphics, all that stuff. Uh, standardgrain.com, 50 bucks a month. Cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Just a ton of info direct from us every single business day, guys. USDA reported a flash sale of U.S. soybeans on Friday. U.S. exporters sold 121,000 metric tons of soybeans to China for delivery during the current marketing year. It's the right buyer, wrong size. Uh, these are not the amounts that we need to see necessarily. Um, our book of soybean sales is is not necessarily fantastic. Uh, let's jump to the weekly report. We'll get to that. U.S. corn export sales reached the upper end of estimates last week. Net corn sales of 949,700 metric tons for the current marketing year were near the extreme upper end of expectations. Mexico was the largest largest corn buyer for the week. Net soybean sales of 1.8 million metric tons were also near the upper end of expectations. Unknown destinations in China were the largest buyers. Net wheat sales of 370,300 metric tons were near the middle of expectations. Taiwan and Indonesia were the largest buyers. So uh, China is still very much absent from the corn sheet. That's not a bad number. And Mexico was your largest buyer there. Uh, as it relates to commitments for the now current marketing year, uh, corn commitments are off 20% versus the same period last year, 2 million metric ton deficit. deficit. Uh, soybean commitments are off 29% versus the previous year, 3 million metric ton deficit. We've got plenty of room to make up those deficits or plenty of time rather to make up those deficits, but uh, we just have not seen the sales. We haven't seen the flash sales, haven't seen the activity to uh, lead us to believe that we will make up the deficits anytime soon. Large money managers increased their net short position in the corn market. CFTC released weekly commitment of traders data on Friday. During the week ending September 5th, the funds were net sellers of 5,000 contracts of corn. They were also net sellers of 8,000 contracts of soybeans, and they were net buyers of 665 contracts of SRW wheat for the week. So the positioning here kind of, kind of lines up with like the fundamental narrative, I guess. Corn situation on paper, it's pretty bearish looking. Same thing for wheat. Uh, soybeans is is the one that has the, the friendlier looking outlook, at least as it relates to the U.S. supply and demand situation. The global situation is a little bit different. So funds are short corn, 
short SRW wheat and a modest net long in the soybean market, same as it's been for a while. Global food prices have resumed a downward trend, declining 2.1% in August to their lowest level in more than two years, based on data from the United Nations. Dairy, vegetable oil, and meat prices all declined at least 3% last month since hitting a record high in March of 2022, uh, back when Russia invaded Ukraine. Prices have slid by 24%. Ample global grain supplies over the last year have played a large part in the decline. Despite the drop, extreme weather and food inflation threaten to keep prices elevated in some countries. I feel like some of these headlines would lead you to believe that corn prices and wheat prices are still high, like the lingering supply threat line. Um, like I feel like they should probably show just a chart of wheat over the last two years <laughs> along with this article and maybe same thing for corn. But uh, this should not be shocking. Um, grain prices are down sharply and that's your biggest uh, contributor to this particular uh, data set as far as I know. On Friday, oil prices gained almost 1% and rose to a nine month high. The increase was caused by rising U.S. diesel futures in Saudi Arabia and Russia extending supply cuts. The two countries combined will cut 1.3 million barrels per day until the end of the year. The oil market remains concerned with Chinese demand as the nation struggles with post-pandemic recovery. There is also concern about reduced demand due to the possibility of more interest rate hikes in Europe and the U.S. I was looking at gas prices. I know that they've come up and I know that diesel prices have come up quite a bit. The AAA data says that on a national basis, we're still where we were a month ago. Although I know in some places, especially in the Midwest, uh, prices have come up a lot. So these higher oil prices, I mean, it has a lot of different implications. Like it's probably overall positive commodities, but then you've got the inflation factor, you've got the interest rate factor uh, that could emerge again if uh, this trend continues. So lots of Lots of potential implications from higher crude prices. Uh, what did cattle do last week? Uh, they crept higher there on Friday. On the week, they were up. Um, but specific, specifically on Friday, feeders ranged from 22 cents lower to 60 cents higher. Live cattle ended, ended the day 42 cents lower to 60 cents higher. Cash cattle trade was mixed last week. Down in the Southern Plains, cattle traded at 180, which was a buck higher. In the Western Corn Belt, they traded at 183 to 184, which was steady to $1 lower. Choice box beef ended the day on Friday at 312.90, which was up a buck 24. Select ended the day at 286.05, and that was down 12 cents. A little bit of movement in the outside markets this morning. U.S. dollars lower, uh, stock markets higher. The S&P's up about 15 points. The Dow's up 60. Bonds are off. Crude oil is down 58 cents in the October WTI at 86.92 last trade. Have a great day, guys. We will talk to you Tuesday morning.